I am so excited to introduce Neutralite. This company has been around for 80 plus years. They were green before green was even a thing. They have the world's number one kids and adults vitamins and kids and adults probiotics. This company uses the power of plants from seed to product to nourish and support you and your family's immune systems so you can have fun and enjoy living life together. You know, personal testimony, I had allergies for years and couldn't even be in the room with dust or cats. And the only thing I've changed since then were my vitamins and supplements. They truly cleaned out my system. And now I have three cats. Don't spend another penny on low quality vitamins that invest more in advertisement than the product. Arm yourself with Neutralite vitamins and probiotics, and they have so many more things that will keep you and your family happy and healthy. Also, you can earn points towards cash with every purchase, and with purchases over $99, there's free shipping. Stop losing sleep and time with your family and get back to life with Neutralite. The link is in the show notes. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and today's guest is Dr. Rob Bell. He is the founder and chief scientist of Experimentary. He got his start with CSIRO education team and then went on to host a Channel 10 science show scope for over 11 years. Dr. Rob developed a great knack for making science accessible, interesting, engaging, and relevant. He wanted to make sure that parents were able to do this and have lots of hands-on science. So there are a range of levels within the experimentary website. The content is designed for elementary up to middle school age children, but the open-ended inquiries can be taken as far as the child likes. For parents, they can let their kids help themselves like a self-serve student mode, or they can assign the appropriate experiments based on what they are studying. The equipment is almost all around the home and very easy to get. No fancy lab stuff. And that is so much fun too. So in this episode, we talk about how Dr. Rob discovered that there are a lot of families who homeschool in Australia. Also, how you can tie so much more into a science experiment than just a science curriculum. And also, using the fun experiment to open up a whole lot of other bits of learning. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper, because you're not going to want to miss what Dr. Rob has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Today, we have Dr. Rob Bell, CEO and founder of Experimentary. Dr. Rob, say hello to our guests and tell us, what is something you think most people don't know about homeschooling? Well, hello out there, everybody. I would think the, the thing that most people don't know about homeschooling, and I was kind of new to it. I haven't homeschooled my kids. They're going through the, the traditional system. So I didn't really know anyone homeschooling, so I kind of assumed that not many people homeschooled. I had a little bit of experience with it in a former job working for 
CSIR over here, which is sort of a national, kind of like a NASA, but they don't do space stuff necessarily. They do all sorts of science. It's a sort of a publicly funded science organization. And I did a bit of outreach work with them and we would sometimes have homeschoolers come in. So I knew they existed, but I didn't know how many there were. And it wasn't, that was something that really surprised me when I started up uh, experimentary was just how big the communities were and how connected often the communities were as well. I have to admit, too, before I really kind of got into the Homeschool Advantage podcast and everything, I had to do a little bit of research myself to see how many people are out there homeschooling and shocking. Like, wow, I wish I would have known that there were so many. You know, there's a lot of people out there. But for some reason, they're like this secret group, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And COVID kind of like just took a veil off of it and really exposed this alternative way of educating your children. So I think that's kind of cool too. I think a lot of people's eyes are opened on the opportunities and all the resources that are out there. And talking about resources that are out there, you have Experimentary. I love your name. It also reminds me of Elementary with um, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's elementary, my dear. So, (laughs) (laughs) and he's a super scientist. He's all about inferring and seeing. Following the logic. And, yep. I love it. I love it. So, how did you come up with the name and tell us about Experimentary? Well, I guess the whole genesis of it for me was seeing uh, how little I suppose science my kids were doing at school or when they did science it was pretty minimal um, both in terms of sort of the content but definitely in terms of the actually getting their hands on stuff and this was in well what we call primary school what you call elementary school I'm from Australia you've probably noticed I talk a little bit funny but yeah you know they, they were doing an experiment which was supposed to be testing parachutes I think and he came home and I said, oh, how did it all go? I said, oh, yeah, because he had to take a, a, some, a plastic bag in for this experiment. He said, oh, we put a peg on the bottom and then we were supposed to drop them, but it was a bit windy, so only one group dropped it. That's your experiment? That's the whole hands-on science? And he's sort of halfway through, um, you know, so it wasn't like in the, the a really little, he was sort of about 10 or 11. I'm like, he, it, it's so easy just to, to take a little bit of extra time to turn that into something that you guys will enjoy. You get a bit of input into it. You can maybe create a variable. You can do some testing, do some measuring. It's not hard. It occurred to me that it's probably, firstly, it's what the teacher did last year, because so it's easy, but they probably don't have a science background. A lot of teachers at those year levels don't, fair enough. And they were probably a little bit uh, maybe intimidated or just not really sure what to do with science. So I thought, well, maybe I have a background in science. I've done a lot of science with kids in schools, even though I've not been a science teacher myself, I should put something together so people can use it as a resource And initially, I've got to say, it was aimed as a resource for school teachers, elementary school teachers, and probably sort of middle school. And I realized fairly early on that there was this huge homeschool cohort out there as well. And now, you know, there's there's heaps of them that use experimentary as well, which, which is great. Yeah. So I have to admit, I'm a science teacher. I teach physics and I teach biology and I've taught chemistry. When I was teaching in the public school, I'm not going to lie, I was very intimidated by doing the experiments. And I think it was because of the amount of students I had. So I remember one time I was doing the, I used to do them before I obviously, before I did it in class. So I was doing one with um, sodium, throwing sodium in water. Okay, right. (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely a newbie because I had no mask on, I had no goggles (laughs) and I literally was in an enclosed place. It was such a bad decision. I walked out of there and I didn't feel anything to begin with. But as I'm walking to my car, now my lips, 
everything is burning. My tongue began to burn all the orifices, my nose, my, I'm like, what is going on? Immediately. I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, the hydrogen. Oh my gosh. Of course. All the, all the smoke and everything it's burning my face. I literally had to go back in, wash my face and just wash off whatever got on me. But it was really funny. I was, so when I did the experiment the next day, I was like, okay, guys, <laughs> We need goggles. <laughs> you need to stay away from this. So it was kind of interesting. But yeah, I did a lot of experiments like that, like accidentally harming myself a little bit, you know, and it was like, oh, so I kind of understand teachers because sometimes we don't always have to do like the experiments. We could always be like, well, this is a demo this is and this is what it would look. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's just so much easier. It is so much it is. less of work. <laughs> It's cleaner and it's easier. And look, I totally get that. You know, you can show them a video or you can you can put some stuff up on the board, tell them how gravity works or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Or we but bring yeah, people I, in I, like you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And I think ultimately once they actually start to do something with it and, you know, yes. things don't go perfectly when you do an experiment. So you learn that little bit more. You're like, huh, I thought that was going to go. Then now I've got to work out why it didn't go exactly as planned. Yes. maybe. But things just seem to stick a lot more. It's, it's do. a really good way of making theories and all of that sort of stuff that you've heard about bed down in the brain. Yeah. After that experiment, I really got into all experiments. I started like doing the whoosh. Oh, I yeah, would do cool. the, yeah, with gases and everything. Yep. And I would throw the match in there Matching. and the kids would say, yeah. and then I put my hand on top of it and they'd see like the five gallon. Whoosh, yeah. Just crush. They're like, why is it crushing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. You know? <laughs> so it's like, so it was really cool, but it's definitely getting over that hump of that fear because you're like oh my god what if i screw things up what if i burn things up i hurt somebody i think those are the biggest fears but once you do it it, it feels really great and obviously for you it was really awesome so who did you start doing with with just your sons yeah so we, we tested a few things out there and I, I had i guess a bunch of ideas from when i used to travel around with this sort of CSIRO and, and take experiments to school so i knew a bunch of things that were were possible and, and things that would sort of link up with the curriculum for sort of kids that aged. So yeah, we just tested a, a few things out and it was really a matter of coming up with, I suppose, things that would be really fun to do that would work in with obviously what the teachers were having to teach at those year levels, but also particularly in the elementary schools, you know, they don't have access to sodium, for example. So trying to come up with experiments that they could raid the craft cupboard or wherever it might be, or get the kids to bring in, you know, one or two simple things from home and bam, they've got enough stuff to do this great experiment. So trying to avoid the more complicated scientific equipment and materials, but at the same time, do experiments that were achievable, that were fun, that were interesting, that they could learn from, that related to the real world. So narrowing it down, you know, there's thousands of different things you could do, which is a bit overwhelming, but sort of narrowing it down, I guess, to the things that, that are going to be fun and good to do in class that you can sort of generally do within a sort of a time frame that's achievable as well yeah what was one of the most fun ones you did with your boys good question probably one that uh, comes up quite a bit and I, I know teachers and homeschoolers seem to like it we can sort of say on the website which experiments are sort of ranking the highest or what i can sort of see from my end and to be honest i'm always surprised it sort of the leaderboard changes a little bit and things go up and down but there's a very simple experiment called mini catapults which I've done with grade two right up to, I had some grade nine or 10 boys doing it. I went to their school because they just wanted a bit of a workshop and I said, sure, I'll come along. 
And I thought, I'm going to basically do the same workshop I do with the year twos, but I'll give these this lot more freedom because they're older and they'll be a bit quicker. But essentially, it was the same. They were building these little miniature catapults out of uh, ice cream sticks and rubber bands and sticky tape and spoons, and they were flinging little mini marshmallows, which they got a bit more chaotic, obviously, in the grade 10s than the uh, grade twos. But either way, neither needed a huge amount of instruction. I could just sort of set them on the path, give them the tape measures, tell them what they were measuring, and, and ask them with the older ones what they were actually changing, what their variable was. And yeah, they, they loved it. I had to remind them not to eat the mini marshmallows um, because we only had so many, but... <laughs> And boys love to eat, like, especially a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's I found the, awesome. best, the, be the best way was just to tell them that these mini marshmallows were recycled from the last group that did this, and that put most of them <laughs> off eating them. I wouldn't say put all of them off, but it put <laughs> most of them off. <laughs> I was going to say, there's definitely something like, all right, no big deal. I'll eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's still, it's still a marshmallow. I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I'm surprised one of them didn't say, well, can we just roast it and get the bacteria off? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would have given them full marks for their scientific uh, endeavor. <laughs> no, oh, there you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So what actually just inspired you to move forward with it, like to move forward with it and, and make it what it is today? Look, I think at the time when all of this sort of started, I was actually making a TV show that was aimed at kids, I guess, a science TV show. And whilst I was really loving doing that, I'd sort of been doing it for 10 years. And I think I'd got to the point of like, well, this is really fun, but I'm looking for whatever comes next. And this sort of popped up and and I thought, oh, I reckon I should go ahead and do this. And by that stage, you know, I had a few contacts with people who could help me make the videos so that they would sort of look and sound pretty good. I had most of the knowledge sort of in my head. I just had to sort of be able to get it out and, and get it all up there. And then what I didn't have was the expertise to sort of build a website. So I had to find someone to help me with that, get it all up and, and make it all work. But uh, yeah, yeah, look, it's great. And, and I wanted to make sure that it wasn't sort of just a bunch of interesting videos, that every bit of science came with the science aspect, the experiment, as well as the, the real world context of whatever they're making. You know, catapults are obviously a medieval thing. So what have they got to do with today? Well, that's what you've sort of got to relate them back to the real world that we live in today. Although it's interesting to find out for what weird uses they were used back in medieval times as well. And the strange things that they flung over castle walls. So there's lots of interesting science in kind of all of that. But I also wanted to make sure that there was a bit of a structure there, I guess, for home educators or teachers. So there's a sort of a digital lab book. I call it, which is essentially something that steps them through their hypothesis or their prediction, what they think is going to happen, what they're going to need, a place to sort of put their results in and what they found out and, and did it match what they thought was going to happen, just so that they're learning that scientific method. They might not necessarily realize it, but so they're just sort of going through those simple steps of conducting an experiment. That's really cool. When I was hearing you talk about the catapult, I actually went into my little brain bank and I was thinking, wow, we just finished learning on trajectory and how things move projectiles because yeah. we were learning on um, soccer. So I teach physics. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I was teaching the kick, you know, when they kick and the projectile. So I kind of brought those two together. And that's what I was thinking when I heard you say, oh, projectile. I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, but you have it on a sling, which is still really cool at the same time. You know, you can bring it from medieval all the yeah. way to sports. So yep, that's yep. And always... you, you know, you can get them to adjust the angle of launch. And what, what is the ideal angle of launch if you want it to go the furthest or if you need it to go the highest or are you knocking down a castle wall? Or are you trying to fling a dead cow over the castle wall so everyone mm -hmm. inside gets the plague? You know, what, what are we trying to achieve here? Yeah, yeah. It's been so much fun teaching them like the forces in motion and everything. So I just, I personally, I'm a science geek. So all this to me is a lot, a lot of fun and I so understand it. But 
for those of us who don't really have like the science background, how would they be able to help their kids do the experiments and work the lessons and everything? Is there a guide for the parents? Yeah, look, it's pretty intuitive, I suppose, from that point of view. It is all hands on, on the material that's on there. And certainly all of the experiments, I kind of have, I guess, divided into activities and experiments. And I make the distinction. I know a lot of people call anything to do with science an experiment. And I would make the distinction where an experiment is something that you sort of plan out a little bit more. You have a variable or something that you change a little bit. So if it was a catapult, you might change the angle of launch and then that's something you're changing and then you're measuring something which might be the distance or the height that it goes. So that's more of an experiment. But there's a bunch of science activities on there as well, which are just sort of one video wonders. And it might be as simple as something like making slime and the science behind slime. But at the end, I always try and encourage them, you know, you can even this, you can turn this into an experiment. Try adding different amounts of this or different amounts of that. Try it with hot water. Try it with cold water. Try all these things. Uh, and then you've got to work out what you measure. Well, there's another video telling you how you can actually measure the viscosity of slime. So check that out if you're interested as well. So I think it's pretty easy for parents in that they can just sort of go, hey, which, you know, you can either have them as a set and forget student where they sort out whatever that they're interested in, or you can sort of say, look, we're really learning about motion and force at the moment. So let's go for one of these ones here. And then they can just sort of watch the videos. You know, there's three videos, one that introduces it all to them, one that tells them what to do in terms of what to build and how to do it. They might want to watch that a couple of times, but you know, I've walked into a year two class and I put the materials down on the front desk. Uh, the teacher had already divided them up into groups of three. This was sort of when I was testing to see if it would work. And I, I said, look, I know I'm here, but I'm just going to play the videos because I want to make sure you can do it just by watching the videos as if I'm not here. So I just played the first couple of videos and then we just watched them go. And the teacher was, my daughter was in the class. The teacher was happy just to see what happened. <laughs> and yeah, it was amazing. They, they, in their groups of threes, they came up and they grabbed the things they needed and they went about. And after that, it was really for the teacher or the parent, it's just a matter of checking in every now and then. Or if they need help, we go, oh, yep, you've put the sticky tape all around that. Do you think that's going to launch anything <laughs> anymore? Oh, right. Okay. Check the video again. Oh, that just goes at that end. Okay. Yep. No worries. But it's pretty easy to manage after that because pretty much once They've got the stuff they need, which is generally not very exotic. They can get through it themselves. That's really cool. So when there are kids with like maybe learning challenges, they have the opportunity to stop and pause the video yep. to go at their own pace. Yeah, I try and break it down fairly simply in the video, but absolutely. And there's always a little recap at the end. So just in case you missed it, this is sort of the basic steps. But yeah, I would certainly think for younger children, they'd probably want to watch the how-to video a couple of times. And then they go, right, got it. It's in my head and I can go from there. But the experiments are very often at different levels of complexity, depending on the capability of the child as well. Right from the, the sort of what I call a basic level, which is pretty much like a recipe, just do as I do, measure what I measure, right through to introducing variables and then sort of the advanced level where they're really helping to plan the experiment. So I will show them the basic experiment and then say, much like with the grade 10 boys I had with the mini catapults, I say, now it's up to you to choose a variable. You might want to change the, the size, the stick size, the, the number of ice cream sticks in your uh, in your wedge there. You might, might want to change the actual projectile. You know, like there's mini marshmallows here, but I get ping pong balls and I get fluffy balls and balls of aluminium. It's up to you. You're planning the experiment now. So sort of giving them a little bit more ownership of it to come up with the experiment on the sort of skeleton you give them. So what type of science do you teach? you teach just physical science or? No, so all over the place. So yeah, everything from, look, the hardest one is probably sort of earth and space type stuff because obviously we're sort of down here. So it's a little bit hard, but there's definitely a few things that revolve around that. But no, there's, there's lots of chemistry on there. There's lots of physical sciences and lots of biology. And as I said, it's probably most of the people I think that use it, certainly in Australia, 
would probably be that elementary school age, but it certainly moves up into middle school age as well. So I'm guessing your focus with your science curriculum, everything is making it hands-on fun and connecting it to real world topics and things that we do. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. And I think making it hands-on is great for the engagement level. You know, if the videos are well-made, they'll watch the video and enjoy it, but then they want to get stuck in and do it. That'll sort of cement it in their minds. But I think with any sort of science, it's all well and good to learn the sort of theory and, and sort of see it work. But you've kind of got to know how it relates to the real world. So later on, when you see something, you might go, oh, oh that teeter-totter, that's that's kind of like the the levers that was in the catapult experiment that I did the other day. And you start to join the dots or a pair of scissors. There's another one of those levers going on there. I love how you you make those connections to just normal things that we do, like playground, fun, you know, just things that we have every single day mm. to keep kids learning. We're lifelong learners. And I really sometimes think that we might have it a little wrong by just sending them into a school building because we can do learning everywhere, like everywhere and anywhere and everything has an opportunity to learn, right? Absolutely. I look at a mirror and I can think like, how was that mirror made? When was the first mirror made? You know, what are the properties of the mirror? How do I, all these things that work out history, math, mechanics, engineering, the physics, you know, the biology, all of it works out together. And I think sometimes we have, I'm talking about, we mean like a teacher in public school, sometimes the structure of it, you go to math class, you go to science class, yeah, you go to history class. Crossing those curricular and things over. Yes, definitely. I think, I think that's, what's really important is in the real world, science doesn't live in little silos of chemistry and biology and physics and geology and all that, you know, it's all kind of everywhere and joined together. Yeah, it is. It is. So what's the call to action? Where would they be able to get your resources, register for your classes? Do you have any free trials, anything that yeah. they can get their hands on and just start tinkering? Having a look? Yeah, absolutely. I would say just head to experimentary.com or experimentary.com.au. I'm pretty sure both work. And there's, look, there's a 90 second video on the homepage that gives them a really good introduction. You can kind of see bits of it in progress and, and how it works. And yeah, if they want to have a look inside it all and see what all the content's about and, and actually try it out, they can have a seven day free trial to sort of see what it's all about and how it all works and just have a look at it all and give it a go. That's awesome. I will put your links in your show notes for, that, for your episode. So awesome. all they'll have to do is click and go. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So it's been really awesome talking to you, Dr. Rob. What is one big takeaway you would like to leave families today from our conversation? I would say don't be scared by doing the science. Basically, there's always something that for almost every subject, there'll be something that you can do. And you'll find that in 90% of the cases, kids really enjoy the doing part. The learning about the science is great, but actually doing it is really engaging for them, really fun. And it just beds down that knowledge in their mind. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid, parents. Don't be afraid. I have to agree with you. When I got over the fear, I was doing experiments like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on today and sharing your knowledge, your wisdom and your testimonies and all your experience. Yeah, no, great for having me. Thank you. Awesome. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. 
See you next time.